Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not wasting these gold moments on 60 Minutes. (laughs) Oh, wow, Rob. What a treat and a joy to be talking to you. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? I'm liking your new digs. This is flasher than any studio that I've ever worked in. I, I want to come on this show all the time because no other show would ever set me up with that much room for danger. <laughs> Streaming across the globe, Ben Norris, Rob McKnight and David Robinson. Ben Welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Here's Rob McKnight. <laughs> I dared her to do that. That's the lovely Amanda, our vision switcher extraordinaire. Hello and welcome to another week of the Ben Robin Robbo Show. We have two fabulous guys standing by to share their opinions, whether you want to hear them or not. Hello, Benjamin Norris, <laughs> David Robinson. Benjamin, looking fabulous today. Did you have a good weekend? Oh, absolutely. I at the best time of my life. Is it just me, or is uh, today's intro music really loud? Yeah, and it's, it's like a club. <laughs> We're trying to yell. Oh. Ben, how was your weekend? Oh. Rob, how was your Dada. weekend? We're in the club. Oh, I tell you who's in hanging out in the clubs now. Rob McKnight with that haircut, looking very young, oh, looking yeah. very slick. No wonder we needed mm. to uh, start the show in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll fix the opener for tomorrow. <laughs> how about that? Wow. Good job. Yeah. Amazing. Good job. You but look nice. Yes, I've got. I finally had a change of haircut for the first time in twenty years, so it's a very exciting day. I didn't mm. recognise you, <laughs> Robbo. How are you going? Well, thank you, Rob. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be here with both of you. The haircut looks wonderful. I love the fact that you've got a, a shaved-in part there. Uh, I think you look wonderful, uh, Ben. You always look nice. Nice high collar. Thank you. Uh, and Amanda, you. I think, actually looks the best. Oh, so no you guys lose. It's Amanda. <laughs> there we go. And she cuts to herself. I love it. I love it. There we go. All right. Lots coming up on today's show. We're actually going to find out how a champion is created in the sporting arena. We're meeting the man who coached Leighton Hewitt and Alicia Mollick, and he's a very fascinating man with lots to say. There's also a lot happening when we talk TV with Mulk, including the secret auditions that happened over the weekend for the new host of Studio 10. And in Ben's entertainment report, we'll actually be finding out what happened when Jackie O got her coronavirus uh, test results live on air. That and so much more still to come. But before we get to our hot-button issues, let's bring you up to speed with the latest coronavirus news from around the country. And in good news, Victoria has reported their lowest daily increase of cases since the second wave was declared, with 116 new cases in the past 24 hours. Sadly, though, there have been 14 further deaths, all linked to aged care. Victoria's state of emergency is set to end on September 13, as legally such a declaration can only be in place for six months. Premier Dan Andrews has announced that a working group will be set up to figure out how to extend it, as its ending would mean the government could no longer enforce rules about face masks, venue capacities and even the isolation of positive individuals. And in New South Wales, there have been three new reported cases, only one of which was spread through the community from a close contact of a known case. Premier Gladys Berejiklian says people need to continue to come forward to be tested as the state passed 2 million overall tests today. 
And a security guard at a Sydney quarantine hotel has been fined twice by New South Wales police for failing to isolate after his test, which ended up being positive. A public health alert has now been issued for Westfield, Westfield Burwood and the nearby service New South Wales Centre. And the youth detention centre cluster in Queensland continues, but with only one new linked case today, bringing the cluster to a total of 10 infections. The entire workforce will be replaced this week in response, with all existing workers isolated and awaiting test results. Greater Brisbane, out to Redlands, including Logan and out to Ipswich, remain restricted areas, but the Queensland Government is emphasising they are not declared hotspots. To Canberra now, and the ACT is in its 44th day since community transmission, and Parliament will be returning to operation to discuss JobKeeper and JobSeeker. Politicians from Victoria have been required to quarantine for two weeks prior to the sitting, and those from New South Wales have been told to avoid shops or restaurants while in the country's capital. All right, let's move on to our hot button issues. A nine-millionaire hot seat is the latest TV production to be shut down in Melbourne. The decision was made after seven dancers from The Masked Singer tested positive for the coronavirus. All 200 cast and crew from the 10 show have been put into isolation. The Masked Singer and Hot Millionaire Hot Seat are filmed in different studios, however do share some production facilities. It's not known when the cameras will roll again on either show. Questions have been asked to Premier Dan Andrews on why television shows have been given an exemption while other industries haven't. Currently, existing television productions have been allowed to continue shooting, but new productions have been banned. The Premier says while it wasn't his decision, Victoria risks losing these productions if they aren't allowed to continue. Robbo, is TV outside of news and current affairs an essential service? Uh, well, it employs a lot of people, doesn't it? And it's also trying to shore up a, an industry that's having a really tough time uh, at the moment. Uh, but Dan Andrews is right. Essentially, uh, we found out that the Chase Australia has now moved production from Melbourne to Sydney. And, you know, you, you'd have to think that maybe unlikely it will return anytime soon. Uh, they do employ a lot of people. Uh, I think we need to be careful when we, we're talking about shutting, shutting things down. However, um, the Masked Singer has 200 cast and crew. Uh, seven of them have got the coronavirus. They're all dancers. So that's also a worrying thing. And I think at this point, if you're going to be hardline on everyone else, you've got to be hardline on that industry as well. Well, that's the point, isn't it, Ben, that a lot of industries employ a lot of people and they've all had to shut down and take coronavirus measures. Um, the question remains, you know, a lot of people got upset with Dave Hughes when he said he was allowed to travel during lockdown because of his filming commitments. Uh, is television one of those essential services? No, it is definitely not. And like uh, the only intelligent thing I can say in regards to that sort of a production going ahead in Melbourne is this. Mm. <laughs> like, oh what is going on, people? Like, I'm sorry. I know that the production had to be moved and apparently it had to be moved from its original shoot of last year being shot in Sydney because some of those Sydney studios were booked out. So they did look, they, they needed to look for new places to shoot it, but they don't need all of those dancers. They don't need all of those people dressed up in puppets. People are now sick because a stupid decision was made. Now I love the Mars Singer and I actually think it's an essential service for a lot of people because it is bringing some joy to our lives. But did it need to be looked at and done differently? Absolutely. It just seemed like a disaster ready to happen. And the only saving grace that I felt like that they had was that a majority of people in the country thought they'd finished production. I think if it wasn't for a few, you know, off-the-cuff remarks from some of those judges, we probably thought it would have been finished. But it hasn't, and it should have been moved. We do know that it has been in production very close to its air dates. They're about three weeks ahead. So uh, they were filming the finale. Uh, and Mike will talk about this more in the TV section, and, and you will as well, I'm sure. But um, it, it is interesting from the point of view of this idea of what is essential. And it's a tough call because the arts do bring joy. They do connect people. We've got three in commercial networks that would be in big jeopardy without new programming. Uh, I do come from a biased view of being a TV lover and TV geek, and I report on television. But it is a tough call. It looks like all measures that could possibly be taken were, but it hasn't been enough. And, and when you see something like this happen, you do have to rethink whether these um, services should go ahead. There's no doubt news and current affairs needs to continue because that's how people get informed. But do we, have, do we need entertainment? 
It, 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 I actually don't know what I think on this one. What? Now, hang on a sec. You don't know what to think about this, even though we now can talk about this after the fact. I mean, it's not an essential service. It could have been done differently. And then we find ourselves in a situation where some young people hired to be dancers on the show have found themselves with coronavirus. I mean, the whole thing is just stupid to me. Yes, but they, they, but, but Dan Andrews has said that with, it's like the meatworks, that's an essential service and there will be clusters because we do have people working. That's the whole reason the state is in lockdown. And when you make exceptions, there will be issues that come up. And that's why, look, it sounds like, though, all production outside of news and current affairs is going to be shut down, whether they're in those studios or not. It's going to be an interesting couple of days to see what gets to continue and what has to shut down. Oh, look, 100%. But I just think, you know, at the end of the day, mistakes were made with this. It was definitely not an essential what service. Mistakes? And what's the mistakes of continuing in, a, in Victoria? I'm sorry, but life so finds a way. Neighbors, Again, I correct, I quote... So yeah, I, I actually—they should be shut. Yeah, I just want to clarify. That's I, all. I think that anything that's being shot in Victoria at the moment, while we are trying to get the virus down and while we're getting that transmission rate down, all shows shut down. I think news and current affairs, where we are presenting the news, absolutely, you can be in the studio for that. But people are like you know, in in those environments, they're not—they're doing their own hair and makeup. They're no longer plucking their, their eyebrows. You know, this show is not an essential service, let me tell you. So I'm doing this in my bunker, a.k.a. In my house. But when it comes to presenting Ticket Jumpstart in the morning, you know, I'm getting up in a digital environment informing people of, of, of news so I can yeah. see what's going on. And we're taking those precautions in place. But I just think anything outside of that in Victoria just seems like a really silly decision. All right. Well, let us know what you think. Use the... Uh... Hashtag BRR on Twitter or go to our Facebook page and our Twitter page. Let us know what you think because I'd love to know whether you think TV shows should continue production. Meanwhile, New South Wales MP Shaquette Mosselmane has demanded an investigation into the very public raid by the AFP on his home. Mr Mosselmane's lawyers are asking for answers regarding why the media had been tipped off about the raid. They claim that the media were there even before the AFP entered his home. The raid is part of an ongoing investigation between ASIO, the Department of Home Affairs and the AFP. It centres around foreign interference in Australian politics. The lawyers allege that, media that the media tip-off could only have come from one or of the Justice Departments involved. Ben, we definitely have a right to know, but people also have a right to privacy. Where do you stand on this? There's no doubt the media were given a tip-off. Yeah, I think that they probably were given a tip off, but I think at the end of the day, we're in unprecedented times. People need to understand that some of these rules and regulations are going to be bent. I've said this time and time again when it comes to my own privacy, and I think I forgo that whilst we're trying to fight a pandemic. And I think that still stands, and those but, rules but this, apply to this situation. Issue, think, but this though. has nothing to do with a pandemic. This has nothing to do with that. Uh, and, and basically, he has a right to privacy. He also has a right to be considered to be innocent before proven guilty. Uh, he had lost that because someone in those departments went and tipped off the media, and the media were there waiting before the AFP got there. Now, of course, we have a right to know if it's about our politicians. But, uh, for example, the black bags that were being taken in and out of there uh, were actually just hamburgers and subway rolls and it was lunch for people who were doing the search but it did appear or did have that narrative that they were taking things out they were bringing things in uh, i don't think this is this is terrible and these rules shouldn't be bent uh, i think it's very poor form for those especially those departments to leak to the media yes we have a right to know i've got to keep reiterating that we've got a right to know but this man does have a right to um you know, be innocent until proven guilty. But I think it's very important. narrative, isn't there, Robbo, when he comes out of the house and the AFP are raiding his house, um, you know, like there is an assumption of guilt when you see those pictures. And exactly, yeah. The news, exactly, yeah. news don't have a camera on every corner. This was professionally shot. It's like um, uh, the uh, vision on 60 Minutes last night of um, mm -hmm. Peter, the, oh, the the guy who, the, the alleged con man, um, I'm sure oh, the name has just escaped. Peter Foster. Thank you. I could have sworn they had a drone shooting. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. this was highly but these days orchestrated. They, but I know, but these days people are going to get tipped off. The media is always going to be looking for a story. They're going to always track that stuff down.
And these yeah, days when there is drones, and there is new technology. Leak. Well, it depends what we expect from our um, law service. Do we expect them to be giving access like this to the media to take part in raids against people that still have the presumption of innocence until proven guilty? I think this is above my pay grade. <laughs> well, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I just find, Robbo, that... Um, you know, there's always been a hand-in-hand -hand relationship with the police and law enforcement and the media, and especially newsrooms. Yeah. But we, it does look like a PR exercise for the police, doesn't it? It's a PR exercise, and it also it's very political, isn't it? So um, we're talking about a Liberal MP. Yes, it's important that political interference by other countries needs to be investigated, of course, but this to me just sounds like uh, we've got an MP, we don't like him, uh, so we're going to kind of drop this, as opposed to a normal police-media uh, relationship where they might say, look, we know that there's going to be this big bust at this house. We've been under investigation for a while. You know, it's two men in their 30s, blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll let you know that you know, that's happening. So that, that's, you know, all right. This to me, though, just seems, especially from the, the, the places that the leaks have come from, is really unbecoming of those certain places, except for Peter Dutton. Peter Dutton's an idiot. But um, and he probably did it, actually. But um, allegedly. I said allegedly. Um, because it's a very political thing to do, isn't it? To really tip off the media about a political raid when no one else knew about it. Uh, well, it's also the thing that yeah. it's not all media, it's selected media. So, you yeah, know, yes, very true. Thing. Think about when Ivan Milat was arrested. Um, multiple media were told about it. So it wasn't just mm. one media. But what we're seeing now is selected media with certain relationships getting this kind of access. Well, look, it's yeah. been described as an uncontroversial blog post regarding big tech, but in the end, it was a catalyst that cost a public servant his job. Josh Crook worked for the federal government in the industry department. He's a regular contributor to a small blog, and it was there he said the pandemic was beneficial for big tech because people were isolated and it was the only way to connect. There was no criticism or naming of big tech companies, nor did he have a go at the government in any way. Three months later, Crook was ordered into a meeting with his boss, who told him to remove the post or face the sack. Originally he decided to remove it but later quit his position in order to talk about the censorship. Robert, there are rules about what you can do when you work for any institution, especially public posts, when it comes to being employed with the government. Is this fair enough? No, I don't think it is. It, look, yes, there are those rules. But he was very smart. He he didn't name big tech. He didn't have a go at the government. It was just literally an observation. And that's his free speech to do. He has a right to free speech. Uh, he said nothing about the government. And he said nothing about big tech. Like, it, it was... It, I read another report that said it was the most benign thing, the most benign blog post ever. Um, uh, and it was just ridiculous. He also made another complaint once... or not a complaint, sorry, a post where... He just made a joke and also made something out of what had been said by the Prime Minister and by the Chief Medical Officer, that Australia was in competition with other countries to get medical supplies. Now, he just kind of repeated that line and that idea. Uh, he was then told to remove that post as well because it made the government look chaotic. Now, that to me is just heavy-handed, unfair, and this is just stupid. It's definitely heavy-handed. I think the thing that gets me about this is that he quit. So I think that he should have actually seen this through and um, even put the post back up and if they had decided to sack him, that's more of a story because it's one thing to make a threat. It's another to go yeah. through it. The boss could absolutely be using his power position um, but not have the right to go through with it. So I don't know. It's a, mm, it, it's a hard yeah. one, Ben, and you do have to be considerate about your employers um, when you're an employee, but... We do have the right to free speech. And look, we keep saying we want people online to be using their real names. But now you mm -hmm. see this and understand why people would fake uh, use point. fake names, you know, like... Yeah, but I think, be... you know, this is the... Yeah, the problem, though, that you've got here is freedom of speech is all very well and good, but it does seem like these day, in this day and age... You know, we don't always have the luxury of doing that. And I think people do always need to be mindful of who they represent. When it comes down to it, I could write whatever I want on my social media and that could offend people, you know, that we work with. And then it's up to me to be able to make a decision as to whether or not I would take that down. I think yeah. that circumstance has been seen, you know, in our workplace. And we do have to be mindful of who we represent. And sometimes, while it's an uncomfortable conversation, sometimes that kind of censorship is okay. So I, I, I think agree. we just need to look at things differently.
You know, I think we need to open our eyes, not be too sensitive and understand that there's a bigger picture beyond who we are as an individual. Mm, you've sold me on that one, Ben. Thank, well done. <laughs> Doesn't it, Have I started to make sense today? What? Oh, <laughs> do I get a dollar every time I make I sense? Thought, sorry, oh, I have four I, I bucks by the end of this show. I shouldn't have paused. I should have just said, you've convinced me and moved on. But I took a moment to okay. process the fact that you had convinced me. So anyway, I don't know what that means, but I'm moving on. I'm going to just keep talking and move on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A dash cam footage of a roundabout crash has sparked debate about who was in the right. Let's have a look at what happened. Or any symptoms, it's far, far too early for us to relax. For the next week, it is just so critical that if anyone's unwell, they immediately get... Sorry, Amanda, I'm going to ask you to play that again if you could. I, I want to have another look at it. Signs or any symptoms, it's far, far too early for us to relax. For the next week, it is just so critical that if anyone's unwell... Okay. Some have said the pink car should have given way. Others have said that the green ute came through too fast. Uh, Robbo, what do you reckon? Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? It's all about give way. I've I spent a bit of time in the insurance sector there, Robert, and uh, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, it was the most boring part of my life. No, uh, but uh, um, you, once you're on a roundabout, you have to give way to everyone. Uh, the green car was already in the roundabout. Yeah. Um, so the little car is actually in the wrong. Don't, it doesn't matter whether they're in the wrong lanes or not. The the car had already entered the thing. And also, any accident that happens on a on a uh, on a roundabout is actually considered without prejudice. So when you record when you report that to your insurance companies, immediately there's much more investigation as opposed to you know when you hit someone up the back, you can already say to them that well they're at fault, the person in in the back. But they will never do it on a roundabout because there are so many other complex issues happening. Yeah, I think one thing a lot of people don't realise now, I, sorry, again with the vision, please, Amanda, because if the pink car had actually crossed that line first, um, they yeah, would so, have had yeah. right of way and the green car yeah. wouldn't have been allowed to go. This is a rule a lot of people don't know, that just because you're coming from their uh, right-hand side doesn't mean you automatically have right of way. If you have already entered the roundabout, you have right of way. So if that green car had been a second or two behind they would not have had right away and it would have been their fault. In this situation, the green car has definitely sped up and t- but does technically have right of way there. So the pink car mm. is in the wrong. Judge Rob is in the house. The pink car is in the wrong. <laughs> um, but as I say, a, a difference of two seconds, if the pink car had crossed that line first, it would have had right away and it would have been up to the green car. And I see this all the time. I'll be entering a roundabout and you can see a car coming up and it goes i've got right away well actually i could get on this roundabout right now but i know that that what we just saw is going to happen and i actually will stop and see them go whoosh through the roundabout but technically i would have right away if i'd entered it first um ben do you have any challenges before we move on uh i was like is there a dash cam in the on the set of the golden girls like those cars were so slow like i was like oh (laughs) slow oh dang i was like what is going on here why didn't that green car slow down like i was like anyways it all happened in slow-mo for me so it didn't seem like that much of a big deal but i don't really care (laughs) good topic choice all right Well, have you ever seen something and just thought, what were they thinking? Have a look at some of these design fails. First, it seems this restaurant encourages cannibalism. Eat kids free! (laughs) And have a look at this lovely marble toilet seat. Oh, no. (laughs) They probably paid a lot of money for that. And this advertisement for a gardening service had a Twitter user saying, Oh, I shouldn't have had the fruit. I didn't know what I was looking at for a while. I didn't. I don't know what I'm looking at. What am I? Are there two at? bums pressed together? It looks like it, but I think they're. Oh, uh, they're palms. Oh. They're what? Oh, with a plant in them. 
pumps. Yeah, right. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, apparently those like, are hot. Someone must uh, obviously talk sex ed, probably. They're holding hands for a plant, and here you can get anxiety for a bargain. Anxiety disorders. Anxiety now only just... $45. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this questionable choice for, for the font, uh, for the cut. Oh, finally it's someone's found it. The cut. It's called the cut, people. Oh. It's called the cut. I thought that was a mess, like a, oh. a, 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 you know, like some kind of community service announcement for men. There's a big sign for where you can find it. <laughs> a special camp <laughs> to teach <Yeah>. men. <laughs> Although the cut could be another di a different kind of uh, place for men to go. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to say this twice in, uh, in uh, one episode, but I also think that's above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben. All right. Well, look, uh, let's move on. Still to come, we will have Mog talking all things TV. That is just around the corner. And there is so much happening in the world of uh, television for those shows that are allowed to shoot. And uh, our good friend Ben will have his entertainment report. But meanwhile, he's the man behind some of our most famous tennis players, including Leighton Hewitt and Alicia Mollick. If there's one thing Roger Tizer knows, it's how to create a champion. But he warns there's a risk if you go too hard too early. Roger Tizer, welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Go ahead. Thanks for having me. Roger, I'm thrilled to have you here. You're very well known in tennis circles. What makes a champion? Well, that's a big question. Um, there is a lot that goes into it, starting with the, uh, the parents, the work ethic, the coaching, some very good luck, uh, some hard work, um, but it's a long, long, patient process. Alicia Mollick had this to say about you. Roger Tizer created a training environment you never wanted to miss. What does she mean by that? Uh, it was an environment that was always challenging. Um, I, I was so fortunate to have a group of athletes that were inspiring me every day, and uh, I had to inspire them. And to do that, it, it required a, a lot of work prior to the programs. Um, and a lot of work during the programs and a lot of time spent with their family and Alicia and the other athletes as well. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a pleasure to work with them because it was, it was something that drove me to make more exciting and better programs. So Roger, beside winning matches, what made, uh, Leighton and Alicia like champions? What, what, what did it for them? Um, well, they were totally different people too. So that was the, the good, the interesting part about it is they came from a different mindset. Their process of development was was different. Uh, Alicia was um, going to be a we knew a later developer in her game because she learnt a lot more than just staying back on the baseline like a lot of other players. She served volleyed, she chip charged, she came in. So it took a long time to develop that ability. Um, Leighton uh, was twenty four seven tennis. Uh, he lived and breathed sport, especially tennis, and he was at fourteen or fifteen was a mature adult in the sense of being able to talk to him about tactics and the work he had to do. It was quite amazing. But two totally different approaches we had to take to development. Uh, one was more patient. The other one was trying to hold him back a little bit so he could mature a bit more <laughs> as he went along. So, Roger, tell me, when you, how quickly can you tell if someone has got all of those things? Can you just look at Leighton when he was little or Alicia and just go, no, I, I can see it in them already? Or does it take a while for them to bloom in front of your eyes, I guess, where you can see, oh, no, I can see something there? How quickly does it happen? Um, well, um, in Leighton's case, you could probably look at about 14 or so and know that uh, he was on the right path and was going to be very, very good. Alicia was on the right path as well, but we knew it was going to take longer. So a lot of people ask me, you know, can I tell you, can you tell me how good my sons and daughters going to be? But you have to know their background uh, and the work that they've done, uh, the family background to be able to make those decisions. Um, but usually around 14 or 15, most of the things they have are in place. And there's not a lot you can do outside of that if it's been ingrained in for a long time. Well, yesterday I actually watched Jerry Maguire and this quote that stayed in my mind was, you know, it's like popcorn in the pants. Sometimes they pop and sometimes they don't. And I guess there's a lot of pot potholes that people can fall into, especially parents. And a lot of parents would assume that to make a kid a champion, you have to push them really hard and push them hard early. But you say this often backfires. It uh, certainly does. Um, the... Um 
the people, the, the kids that do really well when they're young are those that do a lot of volume. Um, so they could do up to 10, 15 hours a week at the age of, you know, some at six or seven years of age. They are going to get mm. really good very quickly. And they're going to stand out in front of everybody. But my, my question is always that if you do it very quickly, you're going to be good at five, six, seven, maybe for 10 years. And then you get to 16 and all the other ones who sort of took a steady path will catch you anyway, because the skill side um, has less impact on the outcomes as you get older. So when you're young, if you've got really good skills, you're coordinated, you can get the ball back over the net, you're going to win. Um, but later on, that doesn't win your tennis matches. There's a lot more to it than doing that. So if you're very good when you're young and you're pushed, physically you could be in trouble uh, if you overdo things, but also psychologically it could be as well because it's the psychological and the physical that dominate how well you apply your skills after the age of, say, 15, 16, 17. And is that because if you're winning at a younger age, um, winning is coming easily and you're not pushing yourself where these other kids, because they're having to get the skills set behind them, they're having to push themselves? Is that why we see this? Some kids will go like that, but the others, as you said, will play the slow and steady pace and even get to the point where they outshine these kids? That's absolutely correct. Um, the winners at the early age, if they are highly skilled, don't have to do anything except hit the ball back over the net. Um, they don't have to think a lot. They just hit them back and the other player misses. And these other children who are, I really like the kids that are slightly undersized, uh, who, are, who, are, who haven't played a lot but are really keen because they're the ones down the track that have had to use a lot more than just their skills to go forward in their matches. And as they get older and they develop strength and they develop uh, psychologically as well, because they're, they're doing it anyway, because they've got to find other ways to win rather than just skill. Mm. They're usually the ones that go on and have a very comfortable career. Now, Roger, if, if the kids don't have those natural skills or those, those, those pillars that you spoke about earlier, is it possible to still make them a champion? Um, yes. Uh, all, the, all those four areas are all workable and trainable. So the skill is the hitting of the tennis ball and the technique and getting the shapes and all the st strokes, the volleys, the smashes, the serves. The, the tactical is how do you apply that in situations. The psychological is, is how you deal with the life of being a tennis player. And the physical is very specific to the sport. So um, they're all trainable. Uh, I, obviously, it's very rare that you get a child that comes with all four gifted. Um, mm -hmm. And you just have to then build on the areas of strength in, in as many of those areas as you can and try and cover up a little bit or find reasons or what, uh, sorry, find ways around the areas of weakness. Oh, Roger, yeah. there's the players and then there's the parents and that's a whole other story. We love your insights and... and in a month or so, you and I are going to be talking about something very big that you've been working on, and I can't wait to share that with yep. everyone. Roger, thank you so much for joining us today. Been a pleasure. It's the Red Life Shot of the Day. Where are you going today? you never know where you'll end up with the Red Life Shot of the Day. And today we're taking you to Ivana, Bulgaria. It's a partly cloudy day, a low of 20 degrees, and a top of 28. Oh, I like that. Could visit there. Nice. Isn't it? Lovely it's camera. Beautiful. Is that mountains mm. in the background? I thought it was an ocean. Oh, no, that would be a tidal <laughs> wave. No, sorry. No, sorry. No, no, that was really... <laughs> oh, I really did think that, though. Oh. Yeah. No, I will be honest. Sorry, I thought no. it was for a moment, too. <laughs> oh, okay, All right. Let's get to your feedback. Rob, I won't need to come and give you a shave, says Reggie. I couldn't no, agree I mean, with her no, more, no, Rob. Let's have a Being clean, rugged. fresh face tomorrow, eh? Good. Uh, <laughs> Jen says, always a great show. I love these guys and their opinions. Leo says, news is essential. Some programs are not. But at the same time, The Masked Singer was a big boost for the arts entertainment industry yeah. in a tough time. Certainly true. Jared says, Bop, um, the essential what? service... Bop the essential service term on the head. It's offensive no matter how it's used. Oh. Uh, Lynn McKnight. Oh, sounds like my mother. It is my mother. We need light-hearted shows at the moment. Move all to other states. Ah, uh, well, the Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Um, thanks, Mum. Jared says, 
Ute was second into the roundabout, not first. No, Jared, if you look at it, it crossed the line first. Uh, Leo says, I blame the green car. No, Leo. Oh. Technically, I, it was across the line first. Look at the vision. Judge Roberts made his ruling. Um, Jen says, <laughs> typical Queensland Ute. They generally rush through roundabouts on Gold Coast. Utes don't like showing down. Jen, you're a Utist. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Gay says, oh some men need that sign, Robbo. And that was the sign in the weird font that said cut, uh, if you remember. I right. sure do. It's time to talk. It's time to talk TV with our good friend Mog. Hello, <laughs> Mog. Uh, how are you today, sir? Look, I'm doing very well. It's always good to be back on the Ben, Judge, Rob, and Robo show. Hear ye, hear ye, mate. Oh no! Don't encourage it, Mog. Mog, don't encourage it. I've made a fatal error off the top, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. Hey, Mog. There's some oh. big news on the Studio Ten front. There is. It's still on TV. Oh, oh, you mean no. that they're actually smart um, Harsh. That's way harsh time. He's got claws. Yes, meow. Uh, <laughs> yes, over the weekend, in fact, as we know, uh, lots of changes happening at 10, not least of which is a whole bunch of the on-air team uh, and behind-the-scenes team, unfortunately, being made redundant. Uh, as was broken on TV Black Box, I think by you, Rob, the other week, uh, they'll be moving to a two-hander, so Sarah Harris and someone else as their main host. There were some auditions over the weekend for that other person's seat, uh, including Tristan McManus, one of the judges uh, oh. from Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, this is interesting. Oh. Yeah, so He's cute. Um, not exactly a household name, but um, it, it is interesting that uh, he was secretly held in. I can tell you that the crew were made to sign confidentiality agreements that they wouldn't reveal. Really anything. worked, didn't it? <laughs> McKnight spies are everywhere. What can I tell you? Um, this name's come out of the blue because we all thought Andrew Rochford was the man, <clears throat> but um, it turns out, Ben, that uh, Andrew Rochford isn't, uh, isn't in the running any longer. Well, I also heard something similar, just really quickly. You know, some industry insiders have been talking about this. From what I'd heard, maybe, you know, Dr. Andrew, who was probably a front runner from inside Channel 10, got maybe a little bit scared of the job maybe, and that's why he decided to turn it down. But from what I've heard, he's turned the job down, and then everyone thought it was going to go to Merrick Watts, uh, but he didn't take the job either. So, look, as we're going down the line, I think they're now looking at who would be more suitable. And if you ask me, I think that Tristan is fresh. I think that he would offer something really, something new. And I think he would offer, well, for starters, not falling asleep with Dr. Andrew. And then, B, uh, I think Merrick, while I love him, I just feel like it's like pushing shit up a hill kind of thing. They need to do something new. They need to do something fresh. And I think Tristan does facilitate that role really well. So a big thumbs up from my behalf. Yes, he's good to look at, but I think he's something the Channel 10 needs. And and great, not one of the usual suspects, let's be honest. You know, like uh, it is it is whether they've been forced to because people haven't accepted the gig. At least they're thinking a little bit differently, although he's yeah. very much in that uh, David Campbell sphere. The big thing for Studio 10. No, he's I'll not. Don't, do you know what we don't need to do? Just sorry to jump in there because I feel really passionate about this. We don't need to compare everyone to someone else. I think Tristan is something very different. I think it is going outside of those familiar faces that we see all the time. And I think that is going to pay off for Channel 10 if it's they put not, him in the chair. It's not, Ben, because it's not different enough. I'm glad that they've gone outside the scope of who we, who we expected. But my point is that he... I look at him and I think very much like David Campbell, he can dance, can probably sing. And what is the point of difference of Studio 10 going to be going forward if it's exactly the same as The Morning Show and Today Extra? So I'm sorry, this is one aspect where you do have to compare to what your competition is doing. And if Studio 10 do a carbon copy of the other two, it's not going to work. That's just my opinion. I think we should hand what? back the segment to Mulk. <laughs> I will do a high. quick pointer because we will be talking about this on the TV Black Box podcast where we talk all things TV and bring you inside exclusives. That will be coming out again tomorrow morning. It's in your podcast feed. Wherever you get podcasts, go to tvblackbox.com.au for the latest on this story and many more stories. 
but get the podcast as well. There's the plugs. Just one last Rob. thing on Tristan, but before we move on, Rob, sorry about that. At least, mm. I mean, if, if Tristan does become the, the gentleman sitting next to Sarah, uh, as a former dancer, he'll be used to uh, walking into executive offices and having you know, $50 notes shoved into his G-string. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh um, my god. Okay. And they, look, look at this footage, and that came though, out of your mouth. They've got good chemistry, <laughs> so that's a good start. Mm, yeah, look, it, it would be great great to see Sarah uh working on screen with someone that she's comfortable with. Hmm. Well, there might be uh beginnings at Studio Ten, but there are endings at the Seven Network. I'm very sad about this, Malk. What can you tell us? Yes. Look, it's sad indeed, uh, Robbo. What we're seeing over the weekend, Mel Doyle announced that she and the Seven Network would be parting ways after 25 years, a significant portion of her career. And certainly, as we see here, this is some old footage. Uh, Mel, responsible with Koshi as being part of really that base, that that very important groundwork mm -hmm. that was put in to help make Sunrise the, the giant killer that it is today. Number one breakfast show in Australia for 20-something years, I think now. Uh, a huge uh, career that she's had with Seven across all of their news brands and, of course, across uh, Sunrise as well, as I mentioned. Um, this is It was done very delicately and I thought very gracefully, which is very yeah. Mel. Um, you know, a polite announcement, thanks to, to Kerry Stokes, the chairman. Uh, similar kind of statement out of Seven. Uh, unfortunately, what it's come down to is just that with no big news show for Mel to front, they have nothing that she can be doing, so it unfortunately became another casualty, a redundancy of a combination yeah. of the coronavirus and uh, Seven needing to trim their budgets. It's, the it's a massive well, I think loss. It's sad, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think it is very sad because uh, Mel Doyle's done a great job for Channel 7. You know, a question that I get asked all the time is, what's my favourite streaming service? And my favourite streaming service has always been right from the start is Stan. Now, Stan's getting pretty serious about local streaming. What can you tell us? What an amazing gear change, Ben. Well done. Seamless. Uh, Stan have announced just this morning that over the next five years, they're going to be making a commitment to delivering uh, over 30 new and original uh, wow. Australian programs, uh, which is a huge point of difference to all of the other streaming services in Australia. Now, look, there's no question that with them losing the Showtime agreement, of course, that now at, finishes at the end of the year, reverts back to Viacom CBS, and you would expect will be a part of um, let's call it the CBS All Access reboot that's coming in early 2021. Yeah. Stan have got some holes to fill in their library. By them doing it, and they did announce five big shows this morning, including one with Claudia Carvin, one with Sam Johnson, the Bondi Hipsters are going to be doing a show. Um, there's a whole bunch of things coming down the pipe. Um, this is, look, really positive for the Australian film and TV industry to have Australian yeah, shows made by Australians landing on streaming services, which is where people are watching their content pretty much after 7 mm. o'clock these days. Um, you want to get that? You want to be more after 9 o'clock, Malk, after the big uh, reality shows on the broadcasts. You would think that, Rob, except that the numbers continue to shrink at 7.30. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's very true. Uh, there's a big future in streaming, and Stan has been a big player in this market, and we are obviously looking for ways to it's engage exciting, that audience yeah. even more. And, and we are in a crowded streaming market. So this is, seems to me to be mm -hmm. a smart play by Stan to have a point of difference from the other streamers. Yeah, it, it's really critical at a point when you've got a Netflix, an Amazon Prime Video, a Disney Plus. It's just sort of the three other huge ones that are pushing in and have a foothold here in Australia, doing a whole bunch of stuff. And with uh, CBS All Access about to rebadge, rebrand and re-deliver 10 All Access to uh, to the, the market here, you want to make sure you stand out. And there is no better way to do that than saying, have a look at all of this great Australian, Australian made, Australian written and Australian performed content landing mm -hmm. only exclusively on stand. A great idea. And, and the, yeah. the thing you just mentioned about CBS All Access is because we obviously had 10 All Access, which just didn't fire because it didn't have the content. CBS are getting serious now and stopping the deals that they had in place. They had a deal in with Stan. Mm -hmm. So they're giving that material 210 to try and get serious about that one yeah yes you would expect that a whole bunch of originals that uh, ten, uh sorry cbs all access have announced in the states will be held over to the launch of that uh, uh rebrand in australia when it comes out and not just australia there are other markets that it's being relaunched into next year um existing agreements however do still stand so stuff that Stan have for uh, new programs that air. And of course, when we have a look at other Showtime content, um, like The Good Fight, 
um, uh, sort of CBS All Access content, pardon me, that runs uh, on other services, the Good Fighters on SBS here in Australia, it will continue because those deals are for the life of the program, not just for specific seasons. Mm, fascinating mm. stuff. Okay, Monk, thank you very much. We will see you next week with more TV news. Uh, my pleasure. I'm sorry I missed the haircut memo. I'm not looking asleep, but I have to say, <laughs> Robbo, you look fabulous today. Thank you very much, oh, Mog. Uh, you, you can tell I've had the same haircut for 20 years because it's the topic of discussion today. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mog. We will enough. see you. We will hear you on TV Black Box. We will see your work on tvblackbox.com.au. Thank you, my friend. Promises, promises. <laughs> he does a good mean? job. I don't know. But Mark, you can read into it as... today. I like it. I like <laughs> he it. He always has chewed. Can I also say, yeah. thankfully, we gave him a substantial <laughs> amount of time today because we often get people saying there's not enough milk. And I'll tell you what, we've got a lot of milk today. Uh, there's mm. one guy, Ben. Was... When you say a lot of feedback, it's one guy who says, Oh, Mulk wasn't even his time turning up. <laughs> that's Mulk, not. Do you know... Can I just Mulk's say that? Do you know who that is, Mark? Is he? Well, come back. No, but I pay him well through an agent and he's uh, getting really good money out of it. Jason, I'm sure his name's Jason. I'm looking to see if the if he's popped up. But, um... You're just jealous that someone wrote something about this show and it had nothing to do with you. Hey, friend, one heart at a time. That's all it takes. One heart at a time. <laughs> Russell Crowe will thank you for that. All right, for the third time. See you later, Mark. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Bye The Ben Robin Robo Show, the show that doesn't know how to do a proper goodbye. All right, now it's time to find out what's happening in the world of entertainment with Benjamin Norris. Benjamin, over the weekend, a massive amount of press ha has been written about in relation to The Masked Singer. What's the latest today? Well, Jackie O'Henderson had her coronavirus test read this morning live on radio. Understandably, she was quite nervous, but the radio ho host shared the news with listeners after this outbreak on The Masked Singer. Check it out. This is what happened. Jackie got a text message through from the COVID-19 response team in Melbourne with the result whether she is positive or negative for the coronavirus. You know that uh, a lot of people on the set got uh, mm. whisked away and tested positive. Here's the results. Play it down. Oh, here's mine. We ready? Oh, yeah. 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 Open it up. <gasps> negative. Yeah. Such a relief. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, oh, God, I was, like, actually panicked inside all last night, oh, so I'm so happy about that. Well, you were a hypochondriac at the best of times. Well, not a hypochondriac, but, um, you know, I woke up last night and I had a really sore throat, oh. and I just, that then I couldn't get back to sleep because I was like... <gasps> I've got it. I've got it. So I'm really, really happy I got that negative result. Thank God. I'm thrilled yeah. for you. I'm, I'm really, really over the moon for you. Yeah, and I'm hoping that um, everyone find, else you... is getting negative results too yeah. this morning. Well, yeah. if you guys are all isolated separately from the dancers, and I feel yeah. for the dancers. The, 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 those so dancers, they put in a hell of a lot of hard work on that show. Yeah, they do. Not only and they're great so dancing, beautiful. They're all they? young and they're just so sweet, Kyle. Yeah. They really are. So, yeah, I'm feeling for them because... Yeah, um, well, that's the you. great thing about Carl and Jackie O, isn't it? They will talk about everything. So uh, I like the way that was handled, <laughs> yeah. Ben. Yep. Well, Jackie explained that the dancers were kept apart from the judges and the host, Osher Ginsburg, during filming, thereby minimising the risk of exposure. But it is proof is in the pudding. She genuinely was really nervous about that result. So, you know, I think precautions obviously needed to be met a little bit faster than what they were. Okay, what can you tell us about Britney Spears? We've been talking a lot about her convertorship. I can't even say it. Converse? How do you say it? Converters? Conservatorship. Conservatorship. Thank you very much. We've been talking a lot about it, though, and I still can't even say it. What is the latest? Well, Britney Spears has been offered now support from the ACLU in her battle with the conservatorship. Now, a lot of discussion has been going into this pop princess. Is she making secret symbols? Is she trying to talk to her fans? Now, the pop, pop star has a new ally in her ongoing battle to free herself from this conserv... Now, I'm going to say it wrong. Conserva conservatorship, which had been <laughs> imposed previously 
uh, and this was prior to some of her mental health challenges. Now it is believed that the American Civil Liberties Union has actually stepped in. Now the fan-driven movement, which is hashtag Free, Free Britney, uh, insists that she is being held against her will and is not able to make her own choices. And now it would be believed, and I think it was TMZ that released this, but court documents have come out saying that Britney Spears is strongly opposed to having that return of the cons conserva conservatorship back to her dad. So I whether or not you, she sorry. will get... That's OK. Once she gets back that uh, ability to be able to control, I think, herself, I think things will change a lot for Britney Spears. Well, it's an interesting thing because there are two uh, thought processes here. She had a very public yeah. meltdown where her father was then given control of her assets and her finances. Um, but there is a disability organisation in the US now coming out to support her, saying she might have a disability, um, but she should be able to control her own finances. And this is harking back to an old time when people with disabilities weren't allowed to control their life and so could be causing her more hardship. It's a really tough one because sometimes people who aren't healthy think they are. And so I, I, really, really tough. And I, I don't think this is an easy one in the slightest for anyone involved. And we would like to think the father is trying to do the best for his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I agree with you. Mm, that's very true. Now, uh, Ben, uh, some really sad news for TV legend Larry, uh, Larry King, with not one but two of his children actually passing away within a few weeks of each other. Have we heard anything official from Larry King? Yeah, look, it was on Friday reports emerged that two of Larry King's children had tragically passed away, you know, over a three-week period. But it was only overnight did this legendary broadcaster speak out about it for the first time. In a post on Facebook, Larry King wrote, It is with sadness uh, and a father's broken heart that I confirm the recent loss of two of my children. Now, Andy King and Chaya King, both of them were good and kind souls and they were will be greatly missed. That was a quote from Larry King. Now, it is believed that both of his children, aged 51 and 65, Andy passed away from an unexpected heart attack and that was on July 28th, while Chaya passed away on August 20th, only a short time after being diagnosed with lung cancer. Look, this is pretty horrific and I, can, I can't even imagine how he's still broadcasting. I mean, losing two children and he is still living up yeah. to some of his commitments. Well, he's yeah. that kind of... Performer. It is really sad. He's, he's a legend. He's that kind of man yeah. that he does that kind of stuff. Ben, I just want to go back uh, to answer some feedback coming in. And uh, Reggie's asking, what is this thing we're talking about? Oh, no, I didn't actually oh, cue it up. Sorry, man. <laughs> the conservatorship? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Reggie wants to know what it is. Oh, okay. So basically, it's the legal proceedings as to who is responsible for Britney Spears, and that's financially and for her mental well-being. Originally, it was handed over to her father, and that's Jamie Spears. However, what she's protesting is that she wants that actually handed over to her friend, who has, for a very short time, been in control of that. She'd like that control to be permanently handed over to her. I think her name is... Lizzie, Elizabeth, look, I'm not actually too sure. I thought for off the top of my head, I was about to say Lizzie McGuire, but I think she might be a fictitious <laughs> character. Uh, but, I, but I will say one thing, and that is that the fans of Britney Spears love her and they will do anything for her, and that has 100% been seen in uh, the responses across social media. Yeah, um, very true. Another thing I want to talk about, Ben, is The Ellen Show. A lot of our... Uh, viewers have noticed The Ellen Show wasn't on today. It was replaced by Desperate Housewives. And we can reveal that that is going to be ongoing. We have reported here oh. that Channel 9 did tell us that they were reviewing the relationship with Ellen. The contract was up this year. They were reviewing whether they would renew it based on the findings from the internal probe currently happening to, in, to her production unit. Um, so they have now made the decision that instead of running repeats of Ellen, they are going to run a repeats of Desperate Housewives, which they now have the output deal of. Ellen will still be seen on one of the multi-channels. I believe it might be Nine Gem, but I'm not 100% on, on that. Yep. Um, but mm -hmm. it is continuing. Con Nine are still playing out their rights, just not on the main channel. So for now, you can watch Desperate Housewives from episode one, which is quite interesting. Are you boys Desperate Housewife fans? No. No, I, I really wasn't. I was a Lost fan. So Lost and Desperate Housewives came out in the same year and I went all crazy for Lost. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I was going to say, Rob, Robbo, you've been lost ever since, haven't you? <laughs> I've never been found. I've never hey, been found. 
So, guys, uh, a, a lot of a, a bit of breaking news coming through to the Ben Robin Robbo newsroom at the moment. And Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway has announced her resignation oh, wow. uh, ahead of the US election. Now, Kellyanne Conway was She's put up the a lot. spokesperson for a long time on uh, the uh, for Donald Trump. And yes, we have got a little glitch there. It's not your internet at home. That is actually us that have. I look amazing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh. Um, so we are. Uh, so she, Is that yeah, me on the front cover of Desperate Housewives? <laughs> it's quite interesting. The internet's now trying to catch up to us. Um, the uh, that was quite bizarre to watch. Um, so yes, yeah. yeah, so she was that lady who's very forceful for Donald Trump. She's advised that she's leaving. Um, she would depart at the end of the month. She said she wants to spend more time with her family. Oh, the more time with our family, interesting. Robo. <laughs> Rob, Rob, interesting. Uh, Kellyanne's daughter uh, wants to divorce her parents. She's 15 and news oh. came out over the weekend that she wants to get rid of her parents because uh, of uh, massive issues at home. So I don't know what family she's... Maybe she's got a secret family in Canada. I don't know. Uh, the other thing oh is, well, God. George Conway, her very outspoken husband, uh, who is very anti-Trump, he was actually he working for supporter. an organisation called the Lincoln, Lincoln Project, <gasps> uh, which was a group of Republicans who were against Trump. He has also now left the Lincoln Project as well. Oh, That's, really? Uh, new news as well, yeah. So... Uh, okay, so the Lincoln Project, it's really interesting. On my Twitter feed this week, I actually talked about the Lincoln Project because they, as you said, they are Republicans against Trump. Donald Trump is a Republican. And what they are doing are making some of the most powerful election campaigns mm -hmm. I've ever seen that yep. would would have the objective to change the position of Republicans. And we're seeing this in the Democrat convention, which was just held. We actually saw high-ranking Republicans, officials, uh, veterans who were Republicans come out in support of Joe Biden because they are for, they are absolutely against Donald Trump. Uh, it's interesting what you say about the Lincoln Project. That has been so influential and so powerful in getting their messages across. You can't help but see it on Twitter, even if you're not following them. So I find it interesting well, that Kellyanne Conway's husband was part of that, that he's now leaving. The daughter is trying to emancipate herself from the family. This is sounds like maybe she really is leaving for family reasons to fix the family because it doesn't sound like things yeah. are good. No, exactly. No. And I think you're right there. Um, that would that would certainly you would certainly like to think that someone would, if their 15 year old daughter wants to emancipate, that they would do everything they can. And and maybe that's why George Conway has also left the Lincoln Project. Um, but it would, wouldn't. I've always thought this, Rob. At that dinner table every night, Kellyanne Conway is a massive Trump believer, and George Conway can't stand him and hates him. How did they remain married? And like, what was the dinner conversation like? Um, when they both got home after one's an absolute lover and one's an absolute hater. I, because I, I, I tend this. to think sometimes in those people in those positions don't believe all the, the BS they're sprouting. So their uh, views may not be oh, as extreme as I they might see. appear in public, especially yeah. Kellyanne Conway. If Donald Trump said the sky is red, she would turn around and say, no, he said it was blue. Definitely said it was blue. Mm. But we have tape of yep. him saying it was red. No, you're misinterpreting it. Yeah, That's out of context. Views. You know, like that's the kind well, she's of stuff a, that would happen. Can I just say, she's done. A, I think she's done a very good job. She's paid to do something very specific, I and agree. she has continued to do the right thing by Donald Trump. Hey, we didn't get to do my TikTok. It was hilarious. Oh, let's. All spent, right, let's. All right. Let's. Oh, we let's don't do have ten minutes. We don't. Have oh, it. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my gosh, I had video footage of you getting your hair cut. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I hired those drones and the flying monkeys, that's for sure. I wondered what that was. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mm. All right, thank you. Thank you for... Oh, no. Come on, Amanda. Amanda's getting it up. She says, give her a moment. She'll get it up. So, oh, yeah. Ben, it's actually really be funny. Worth it. Ben, do we need yeah. to know anything? Yeah. This, the TikTok of the day is this is what you would have been like getting your hair cut, you know, over the weekend. All well, right. Clip. Let's have a look. No. No. But, like, that would look good. No, it wouldn't. I haven't done this in 12 years. I haven't changed my hair in 12 years. <laughs> I'm, gonna cry, I'm gonna cry. What if it looks bad? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Oh, you look good, Rob. Thanks. Actual footage of Rob McKnight. <laughs>
<laughs> I'll tell you something. She didn't swear half as much as me while it was happening. <laughs> a brave woman was the hairdresser very, very for you, good. my friend. A brave woman. <laughs> All right. That brings us to an, uh, the end of another edition of the Ben Robin Robo Show. We simply can't say goodbye today. It takes us three times mm. to say goodbye on every front. Uh, ben and Robo, thank you very much. We will see you tomorrow you, uh, for another edition. Don't forget you can watch us on Ticket TV every day at 1 o'clock or the replay at 5 o'clock. You can watch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash BRR show live at 1 o'clock or on demand. We'll see you tomorrow on the Ben Robin Robo Show. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.